podcast designed to give you a little spiritual nourishment each day during your week. And we're glad you've joined us again today. We continue our study of the book of Jonah, and today we come to chapter 3. Jonah is a very famous book. It's the story of a disobedient preacher, a man who ran away when God sent him to preach to the nation of Assyria, to the capital city of Assyria, Nineveh. Now, Nineveh and Assyria were the enemies of Jonah's people. And Jonah knew that God is a gracious God, and Jonah very much did not want God's grace to come to the enemies of his people. Jonah was a good patriot. And so he thought he could get away from uh, what God had told him to do by buying a, a ticket on a ship going to the farthest place away he could find. But God did not let him get away with it. As we saw last week in chapter two, that disobedient preacher got called back to his senses in a very unusual way. God had him thrown overboard by a group of pagan sailors who did their best to save his life. And when they couldn't do that without losing their own, they threw him overboard. And God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And the fish wasn't a punishment. It was actually a salvation for Jonah. What God was doing in that second chapter was getting Jonah's attention. God was saying, do I have your attention yet? And he certainly did get Jonah's attention. Jonah came to his senses in the belly of the whale. It took him three days, but he came to his senses and he prayed to God. And God commanded the whale to vomit Jonah out. And then he said to Jonah, now I want you to go back and finish the mission that I sent you on. And that's where we pick it up in chapter three. Chapter three, verse one says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and call out against it all the message that I will tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey and he called out yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. That was the message that Jonah delivered. And I, as, as I read that, I have to wonder if Jonah enjoyed threatening them with God's wrath. Maybe Jonah had somewhere in the core of his soul this idea that they wouldn't repent, that they would be hard-hearted and that God would indeed pour his wrath out. Maybe Jonah was consoling himself that the whole thing of running away had been a mistake and that what God was actually after was to destroy Nineveh, was to, to bring down the Syrian empire. So Jonah goes and he preaches this message that God has given him. And the reaction that comes from that message, which we see in the next few verses, had to be for Jonah, and we know it was for Jonah, a, a major shock and a disappointment. We read in verse five, the people of Nineveh believed God and they called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. And the word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, 
and from the violence that is in his hands, who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Nineveh responded by repentance. And it's interesting for us to reflect on how this happens and why this happens. Some people say, well, you know, Jonah had been on the belly of a fish for three days, so he's probably bleached out and smelled bad and is, was probably ashen white from the acids of the fish stomach. And people looked at Jonah and said, wow, we better listen to this. Well, it's, the scripture doesn't tell us that, and that's just fanciful conjecture. And we don't really need to guess about these things. We already know why people believed. They believed because God empowered the word that Jonah was preaching. God doesn't need, you know, Jonah could have been dressed up in a clown suit. It wouldn't have made any difference. What makes the difference is when God uses the word, his word spoken by his servant to penetrate to the heart, to pierce to the heart. And that's a spiritual thing that the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit empowers that message and the people of Nineveh right up to the king repented, turned away, and displayed real humility. Now, we need to understand that what they're doing here is not conversion. The people of Nineveh did not suddenly become worshipers of Yahweh. They did not become Jewish proselytes, people who who were Gentiles that adopted Judaism. What's going on here is that they are just scared. They're afraid. And they hear this message and they're convinced something in their heart says, wow, this, we better listen to this. And so what they've done here is not actually conversion or turning to God, but they have been humbled for a moment, just humbled for a moment. Their repentance wasn't a permanent thing. It was temporary at best. But the reaction of God to that, even that small display of humility, is given to us in verse 10. It says in verse 10 that when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And that's the very thing that Jonah feared God would do. Why did Jonah fear that? Because he knew God to be gracious. He knew God to be tenderhearted and merciful. You see, God relented. And God realized that their repentance was only temporary and that it was just done out of fear. And that when the whole crisis was over, they would go back to being the same violent and immoral people that they'd always been. But here we have this amazing example of amazing grace at work. The enemies of God want us to believe that God is big wrath and little mercy. But the truth about him is far from that. The reality is that God takes advantage of almost any excuse to show patience just a little longer with sinners. Now, it's true, his patience doesn't last forever. Justice calls for final judgment when patience can no longer be justly extended. But we need to understand that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked and that he longs to be merciful. See, the damage that was done to us in the Garden of Eden is that when we came into this condition of being sinners and rejected and, and put out of God's presence, the devil has continuously ever since then told us a great lie about God. It's told us that he's hard-hearted, 
that he simply wants to thrash us, that he's hard to please. But who God is actually is just the opposite of all of those things. God's easy to please. He longs for men to repent and turn back to him and and ask to be forgiven. And so here we have this example of this in the book of Jonah, where this amazing grace of God gets applied to these people. And all they're doing is simply trying to keep from getting destroyed by God. They're just It's just a momentary fear that turns their hearts there. And God says, that's enough. That's enough for me to be gracious to them a little longer. Judgment would eventually come. That society would go down, overcome and, and destroyed by the Babylonian Empire. But for a little while longer, God bore with those people. And what we get here is this insight into the heart of God and who God is. We need to understand that wrath is God's strange work and that the work he loves to do is the work of mercy and the work of grace. We're told that in the book of Isaiah. It's a, it's a tectonic shift about the way we see God and it makes a difference in the way we will live our lives. Because by some secret law of the soul, we tend to imitate who we think God is. If we believe God is harsh, if we believe that God is wrathful, if we believe that God delights in the death of sinners, we will tend to become that same kind of person. But when our view of God is adjusted, when we begin to realize that he isn't that way at all, that he's actually a God who loves to be gracious, who loves to be merciful, that will tend to have an effect in our soul too. And we'll find ourselves softening toward those around us, whom formerly we have considered our enemies. And we find ourselves becoming more and more like Christ when our image of who God is, is more and more accurately adjusted to the reality. And so this little lesson out of this third chapter of Jonah today is a tremendous lesson for us because it gives us an insight into the very heart of God, that God is gracious, that he longs to be merciful, that he goes out of his way to, to take the excuse, any excuse he can almost, in order to prolong a little longer his graciousness even to those who are his enemies. That's who God is. And the call for us is to become like him in who we are. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you really are a God of grace. You really are a God of mercy. Yes, you are a God of justice. And yes, there are moments when judgment has to come because justice is a good thing and its demands must be satisfied. But we thank you that you're a God who waits until nothing else can be done, no other grace can be extended before your hand of judgment comes down on people. And your graciousness, we thank you for this, your graciousness is an invitation to true repentance and true salvation. We pray that you'll help us to mirror your grace today that for the people around us who are at war with you, who have not received you, and who oftentimes disturb our souls with their comments or their, their attitudes or their opinions, Lord, we pray that you will give us the ability to bear with them graciously too and invite them as well to come to know you 
and become as we are, trophies of your grace. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Join us again next week and we'll see what God and Jonah do next. Thank you.